0: Welcome to the Get Active Podcast for all things gym, fitness, and outdoors. All right, welcome to the Get Active Podcast. Today we have Tamara Reynolds. She's a mum, Olympic weightlifter, and coach. Now, you may notice for our Aussie fans, she doesn't talk like an Aussie. So uh, tell us where you're from, mate, and where did you grow up?
1: Well, I was actually born in Phoenix, Arizona, lived there for elementary school and then moved to Miami, Florida and went off to North Carolina for college. So I've been back and forth between Florida and North Carolina since then. And I'm currently in Asheville, North Carolina now and have been for 11 years.
0: Nice. So in Australia right now, we're going through uh, bushfires and... uh you know heat waves what's the the temperature like over there at the moment
1: (laughs) at the moment we're in winter while y'all are in summer um it's i think in the the low 40s today but we've been in the 20s and 30s for the last few days which has been cold we've had one snow recently that was just you know on, on the ground for a second before it melted so nothing too terrible
0: not yet anyway
1: no, and I'm definitely not a fan of winter. I do. As much as Miami and Phoenix can both be ridiculously hot, I prefer hot to cold.
0: So. <laughs> All right, sports have been a big part of your life. Tell us what you played and how did you end up with Olympic lifting?
1: Well, as a child, I kind of did some of everything for a little while. I um, did softball and gymnastics and dance, but soccer was my main sport, and I played that from, you know, the time that I was five through high school and did state select and Olympic development, and then when I was heading to college, I had a couple of soccer scholarships, and after visiting schools and seeing what your life is like as a collegiate athlete, I was not too keen on that. I knew that I didn't want to continue playing soccer as an adult. I never wanted to coach soccer and so I opted to take a uh, academic scholarship instead and I still played in college on um, intramural and club teams but um, kind of ended the competitive side of things and then you know in my 20s I was just a regular gym goer. I kind of did everything. I did step aerobics, I did spin, all the machines, you know, just went to the gym. I, I would run on and off. I really never enjoyed running, but you have to run a lot in soccer. (laughs) So it was always a good thing to fall back on. And then I had kids. um, Let's see, I think my daughter was born when I was 29 there. My daughter's uh, 15 and my son is about to turn 13. So in my late 20s, early 30s, I had kids and essentially stopped um, any sort of serious working out when I was pregnant with my daughter I worked out every single day and then after she was born she neither of my children slept Um, (laughs) my daughter figured out how to hook her foot around the baby swing we would take her down to the gym in our apartment and she would just scream and hook her foot around the baby swing she hated the jogging stroller um So for a while after my son was born, I actually went to Curves because there was a Curves within walking distance of my house, and my mom would watch the kids and I would go. But I'd really gotten, for me, fairly out of shape because I had always seen myself as an athlete, and all of a sudden, I definitely was not an athlete. Um, And so it was actually a very old family friend and my first boyfriend who said to me in 2009, okay, you need to get back to it. You're an athlete and you just need to find something that you enjoy doing and do it seriously. So I started with running in the spring of 2009. I was heavier than I should have been and it really was hurting my knees. So my doctor said, why don't you do something that's not so intense on your knees? So I, you know, was doing just walking and stationary bike stuff at the YMCA gym and I happened to see a trainer there named Jesse Hyder, who was doing all this sort of more intense stuff with clients and personal training and lifting just he had a very vibrant personality so I went to the front desk and I said I want to do some personal training but it has to be with that guy. And they kind of looked at me like, okay. And I started off with him. Little did I know that he had been doing the main page CrossFit workouts on his own for a while. I had not heard of CrossFit. He wasn't really doing CrossFit with me. We were just doing, you know, general um, dumbbell stuff. I did actually do my first power clean with him. Um, Hang power clean. That was probably atrocious. I wish I had video of that. Um, And then at some point he was going on vacation for a couple of weeks, and he said, hey, you know, you might want to go over to this CrossFit gym while I'm out of town, so you don't, you know, fall off the wagon, and um, that was how I ended up at a CrossFit affiliate in in the summer of 2009, and so, you know, I kind of, it hooked me because it drives me crazy to not be able to do something, and the first time I tried to deadlift, I had no idea what was going on, and all it's, all it is is standing up with a barbell (laughs) and I couldn't figure out how to get my knees and everything to move the way that I wanted to. And so I ended up doing CrossFit for, for just under a year. Um, I definitely enjoyed the lifting the most about it from the beginning and towards the end of that first year decided that I was going to do a strength cycle and switch over to Olympic lifting and ended up, Hurting my shoulder during a workout, Um, I was competing at CrossFit regionals on our team that year, and so I did regionals with a banged-up shoulder. Banged it up even more during regionals because there were muscle ups and you know max overhead and everything like that. And so that was really the summer of 2010. I came back and focused just on on squatting, deadlifting, getting my strength numbers up. And by the fall, when my doctor said my shoulder was ready to go i was done with crossfit and had um, switched over to weightlifting full-time so it Um, was kind of a long journey but i loved the lifting from the from the beginning and still do
0: we see that a bit over here too in australia a lot of people have you know started in crossfit and gone to either olympic weightlifting or powerlifting Um, i know the powerlifting numbers in australia since sort of 2013-14 have grown massively from CrossFit. Um, Do you see that a lot in America as well?
1: Oh, definitely. I'm not really sure with powerlifting. Um, I I know some people who are powerlifters and I'm sure that there's probably been a lot more people to go into powerlifting because of CrossFit, but definitely from weightlifting. Um, I did my USAW coaching certification in the fall of 2010 and I think at that I started my own USAW club and I think at the time there were about 3,000 USA weightlifting members it was not many at all now they're you know something over 20,000 between 20 and 30,000 I think according to the website and probably the majority of that has been because of CrossFit and so I think that's awesome um you know, I laugh because I really think that weightlifters are an elitist crowd. And, you know, not I don't think powerlifters are for the most part, but weightlifters can be really elitist. And that's why I laugh. It's like, there's, there's fewer than 30,000 members of USA weightlifting right now, which is awesome is the growth has been there's like 400,000 members of USA swimming, you know, and between 100 and 200,000 members of like, USA gymnastics, you know, so weightlifting is still a super tiny sport. Um, and I, I'm so glad CrossFit has grown it. I think that the problem with that is assuming that because someone likes CrossFit, they're going to like weightlifting. And CrossFit is definitely an endurance sport and it's a go, go, go sport. And weightlifting isn't. And I think a lot of CrossFitters enjoy lifting and enjoy lifting heavy, but when they just focus on weightlifting they find it boring you know they'll ask me well what do you what are your workouts i'm like squat snatch clean and jerk you know (laughs) that's pretty much it there's there's some accessory work and i do bodybuilding and at, at the moment i don't really even clean and jerk so it's like you know what do you do i squat and i snatch that's that's it and if you're someone who loves the the thrill of the daily competitions in a workout and always having something different then weightlifting really can seem pretty boring but I think on a recreational level, it's been amazing. And for the United States and growing our competitive weightlifting and how we do on the world stage, it's amazing because now we have more kids who are younger who are getting involved in lifting because of CrossFit or their parents CrossFitting. And there's just, it's out there a lot more. So people see what it is and that's great.
0: Yeah, it sure is. There is plenty of kids, um, getting involved in, in sports like Olympic weightlifting. Um, I know in Australia, CrossFit Kids are sort of taken off as well. Um, I'm not real sure with Olympic weightlifting in Australia how, how it's gone with the kids, whether that's taken off yet or not, but there does seem to be plenty more sort of international meets with a lot more younger lifters um, these days yeah Yeah,
1: for sure I think I took my kids down to I took my kids down to youth nationals in Georgia and I want to say that was in I can't remember if that was two thousand, probably 2011 um, and it was in a high school gym it was yeah. this tiny little meet in a high school gym and they were selling hot dogs at the concession stand and now you know youth nationals and junior nationals are huge national events that they often combine with the the senior competitions but you know just in the last 10 years it's gone from here's kind of a dinky little meet in a high school gym with some hot dogs to a major competition because there's just that many more youth lifters which is great I I'm disappointed both of my children um, started competing in weightlifting not long after I did so my daughter I think did her first meet when she was six or seven maybe oh wow and they've 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 both retired. They, <laughs> by the time she was eight, she said she was done with weightlifting. They both so love, you know, going to the gym and they kind of do everything. And my daughter will squat with me, but, um, but yeah, they could have been fabulous, but they, it didn't call to them. <laughs> so I tell them they can still come back to it. They're, they're still young enough to decide. But
0: Absolutely. They retired early. Well, training trying can be tough around family. Um, how do you feel? Train now around your kids, I know you said they didn't sleep very well and when, when they were when they were younger. How about now?
1: Um, now that they're about to both be teenagers, it's amazing because they don't want me around um, <laughs> i um, it's been an interesting journey because when I first started weightlifting, I was married to their dad um, We got divorced and have been for a number of years and so When they were younger it was like trying to fit in any sort of exercise around their schedules. Um, That was one of the reasons that I opened my own gym and opened Asheville Strength in 2011 because at that time then they were finally both my son was finally in preschool and um, my daughter was in elementary school and I could lift during the day when they were at school but there wasn't a weightlifting gym here, so there were Crossfits, but no, no weightlifting gym, and so that's how I fitted in when they were younger. Um, it just made it tough because then the gym was open at night for everybody else, and so a couple nights a week and on Saturdays I was away from my kids, running the gym, and so that was hard. They would come with me, but they were always bored being there. At this point, I have a full gym in my garage, so I can lift at home while they're there um and even though now i have recently joined golds and do some lifting there mainly because my garage does not have heat in it they don't care they don't want me around they say mom (laughs) we have one couch and so they want the couch so that they can be on the couch and they can have the tv or they can just have their you know teenager time with me not there so i will say especially the last um you know, it's, it's really been the last year now coming up this month that I've been back to doing some sort of more serious training. It's been a lot easier because they just say, mom, go to the gym and it's awesome.
0: Yeah. You train a bit at goals now. Um, I follow a few of your Facebook rants, <laughs> shall we say about goals gyms. What are the struggles you yeah. face training at goals compared to not having your job? Well,
1: I will say that I, I do enjoy laughing about it, and as as mad as I get, having been someone that, like, had a regular, you know, what CrossFitters call the Globo Gym membership, I I always had one of those in my 20s, so for me, I recognize, like, I'm honestly just happy that people are at the gym doing something, you know? We have such a problem, as you know, worldwide, but certainly in America with um, people who aren't physically active and don't eat well and so i want people to be physically active for me it's really the things that drive me crazy at goals are one just a complete lack of respect for equipment and other people training there so not putting weights back leaving weights out you know making some huge mess and not cleaning it up Um, the main thing with for me is safety because i'm really the only person there who does any sort of weightlifting, Olympic lifting on a regular basis. One of the trainers there does occasionally, and there's a few other people that will do some cleans and another person or two who's done some snatches, but there's one platform and you know, it's not a slow lift. It's not like a deadlift where someone walks in front of you or behind you during a deadlift, there's no risk of them getting hurt and people just do not pay attention at all. And they will, walk on the platform (laughs) while I'm in the middle of lifting um or even with squatting you know it's like don't walk behind somebody when they're squatting you don't know (laughs) if they're gonna accidentally miss and end up hurting you so my 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 rants are definitely around um and and I get it because a lot of people aren't familiar with weightlifting but at this point they've seen me there often enough and just common sense should say if someone's flinging a barbell from the ground overhead it's probably not a great idea to stand a foot in front of them while they do that so i just laugh i've had i mean i had a girl the other day who literally just laid down on the floor and started doing a plank right in front of the platform while i was snatching and i was like you know what if she has a death wish, wish today i'm I'm just not in the mood to argue she can lay there and i just hope that i don't mess forward
0: (laughs) yeah well I can't say I've ever had anyone plank in front of me on a platform before, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. Now, 2012, you qualified for the American Open. Um, how did you qualify in that, and how did you go?
1: So that was, you know, for me, the most experience, the most amazing, I think, athletic experience of my life. Um, you know, I really had just started weightlifting um, in 2010. And what ended up happening was I kind of spent that year, fall of 2010, to the fall of 2011, not making a whole lot of progress. Um, my coach at the time uh, is now a very good friend of mine and I was traveling. Um, he's about two hours away. So I was traveling once a week, two hours there and two hours back to get coaching and then lifting on my own. And I... I got into a headspace that I think a lot of new lifters do, where you're constantly critiquing your lifts and you think they have to be perfect. And so I didn't make a huge amount of progress on my lifts. And then I had a friend who had qualified for the American Open in 2011, and she needed a platform coach. And you know, I would, I considered that kind of my area of coaching specialty. I'm like a, I'm a really great platform coach. I'm I'm good with technique, but I think it meets just getting lifters in the right frame of mind and understanding how to run the cards and things like that is, is my specialty. So she said, will you come with me to the American Open and be my platform coach? I said, sure. So I went to the 2011 American Open and I'm watching the 75 kilo weight class and I'm thinking... You know they're really not that much better than me. <laughs> like, sure, the, the, the person that has the like got the gold is like significantly stronger and better than me. But at the time, weightlifting was still pretty small, you know. And so it was like I'm like I can do that, you know. I, I'm an athletic person. I've played sports my whole life. I'm willing to train my butt off. I can do that. And so I ended up switching coaches. Um, Pete Hawes is the coach who's now one of my best friends was the one I was traveling to see. And I switched and I was being coached by Jim Moser, um, whose son was a very well-known weed lifter for a while. And he was remote coaching me. And he said, okay, if you say you want to do this, then you have to be all in. And we will get you to the American Open in a year, but you can't question me. I'll tell you what to do and you just do it and I promise it will work, and he was right. Um, we spent, you know, ended up being about that that year, because he'd been coaching me for a little before that, of intense Bulgarian-style training. At the time, I was in my mid-30s, and I trained six days a week, every single day, front squat, snatch, clean and jerk, front squat, and he beat the crap out of me with my, you know, with with everything, um, but it got me there. So I I had an injury during that year. I actually missed a clean, and when I fell backwards, uh, my elbow hit the ground, and so I injured my wrist and, you know, of course went into, oh, this is throwing me off the path, and, you know, I had, I had a good time of being in a splint and not being able to lift, and Jim was like, that's fine. You can't do snatches and clean and jerks. We'll do poles. We'll do these types of squats. We'll do one. He had been doing one arm snatches for a while, you know, (laughs) Um, just because you're injured. And so sure enough, I ended up qualifying for the American open and that year it was in um, Palm Springs, California, which was amazing. And so I spent a ridiculous amount of money (laughs) to go out to Palm Springs And I knew that I was likely going to come in last place. I was the oldest lifter in the session and it didn't matter. I, you know, I ended up having a great meet. Um, I did have a bar misload for the first time ever. They misloaded my bar on my second clean and jerk. And, you know, that was, I just went with it and it turned out, but it was great. And I think it was, for me, it was like validation that, not that I'm such an amazing athlete, but just, if you put your mind to something and are willing to spend the time on it, most people can do things that they never imagined that they would be able to do. If you had told me, you know, in 2009 when I first tried snatching that I was going to end up going to the American open, I would have not thought that was possible. And if you'd seen my snatches in 2009, (laughs) I don't think anyone would have thought that was possible. So, um, That was awesome. And so that's actually kind of what I'm looking forward to now is getting back to rather than just doing this. I'm not very good at weightlifting just for fun. It needs to be competitive. So that's the mindset that I find myself back in now.
0: Awesome. Have some goals. So what are what are your goals for the rest of the year and, and 2020?
1: So they recently changed as of Monday Thursday here now. Um, My goals were okay. Uh, 150 kilo squat. My best squat had been um, 140. That was actually after the American Open. When I went to the American Open in 2012, my best squat was only 113 kilos. I was not very strong. Um, So I ended up after that squatting 140. So until Monday, my goals were okay. 150 squat, um, which I think is a pretty doable goal with time. And then snatch 80 kilos slash break the master's American record in my age group and wait for the snatch. And, you know, someone can, can break it before that, but um, I probably would aim to break the 76 kilo record, which I'll be a 45 to 49 lifter next year. So the record is I think 66 right now it could change, but my plan had been, well, let's go to the American open series two. In June of 2020, which is going to be in Winston Salem, North Carolina, so it's only you know two hours for me. Try to break the snatch record. Awesome. And then on Monday, USA Weightlifting announced the American Open finals totals for 2020. And for the first time, they are having separate masters qualifying totals. And those were set at whatever the previous year masters national champion hit. Yeah, um, that's the number. And so now, <laughs> as of Monday, my new plan is still continuing for the 150 squat and the 80 kilo snatch and the snatch records that um, I want to go ahead and try to qualify for the, the American Open Finals. Um, I still want to lift as a 76. But if I weigh myself today at a meet, I'm going to weigh in as a, a light 87. So um, I can hit the 87. I've been back to snatching for five weeks at this point. Um, Hitting a decent snatch at the meet um, to qualify with the 87 total is not a problem. I don't really clean and jerk. So we'll see how that goes because I've only cleaned and jerked like twice in the last six weeks and previous to that had had been since 2017, but I'm going to do a meet December 14th and then one December 28th. And so at one of those I'm hoping that things go well enough that I can hit the qualifiers for the 87 kilo, um, for the American open finals. And that really only matters because it happens to be in Atlanta, which is about three hours from me. If it was going to be in across the country, thousands and thousands of dollar trip, then I probably wouldn't care. <laughs> so I, I don't spend the time or the money anymore on weightlifting in that way and don't have it to, to spend. But, um, I think it would be pretty awesome, you know, eight years later to go back to the AO finals and have a decent, decent showing there for being that much older and just have a great time again.
0: Yeah. I mean, having massive goals like that makes it a little bit easier to train, but jumping back in and having five weeks of snatches going into a competition... That's awesome. I love it. You're just getting in and having a go to have some fun and, and that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah. I mean, between the, you know, the 2012, a- uh, American open and now like most I've, I haven't had a meet that I've taken super seriously. Um, you know, I was so busy coaching people that I wasn't necessarily worried about how I was lifting at a meet. So all of my meets since then have basically been mm. train, you know, snatch a lot, squat, uh, the week before do a couple of clean and jerks to make sure I remember how to do them and then you know go in and do the meat, and and it's worked out I mean I have not hit um I, I, I think I've hit something over a 130 total I honestly am not even sure um but I snatched I snatched 66 at a meat in that time period and I think that was before my squat was back up so I'm not going to hit any giant numbers this month but my snatches feel pretty good and it definitely won't be the worst meet that I've ever had. So, you awesome. know, but good. yeah, for me it is not wanting to come in last place is definitely a motivator <laughs> for
0: me. <laughs> well, good luck with those two. Um, they're in pretty quick succession. So, now, Coaching. Are you still coaching now? How, how often, um, well you had a gym, so you're coaching quite often, but, do you coach now and if so how often
1: well when we closed Asheville Strength at the end of 2015 kind of moved all of the equipment that could fit into my garage so I have two eight foot by eight foot platforms in my garage and a rack and two sets of squat stands and I don't know 10 barbells and more bumper plates than I could ever need plus a bunch of dumbbells and other things so right now we have a group that lifts Yeah. (laughs) Right now we have a group that lifts Wednesday night. Um, I honestly don't focus so much on coaching on Wednesdays. I focus on doing some lifting and some hanging out. Um, Nick, who was my partner in crime with Asheville Strengths, kind of deals with the coaching. Um, We've got one uh, senior male lifter who is going to try to qualify for the American Open Series. My training partner, Emma, who is also coming back after taking a decent amount of time off. So I'm not sure what her plans are, but we we lift well together. I do miss coaching. Um, I started going over in the last two weeks to one of the CrossFits here, Beer City CrossFit. Um, The owners there are awesome. And we had done a weightlifting seminar at one of their other gyms that they own years ago. And they have a Saturday morning weightlifting group i've gone over there the past two saturdays and seen some people that are like brand new at weightlifting and i'm like gosh it is it's fun to coach people who are new and don't see how great they could be if they if they decide they want that you know so we'll see i'd like to get a couple of more people over on wednesday nights um and then maybe add another day for me it's not a i'm making money thing um it's just more, I, I love coaching people and getting them excited about lifting. And then I have been revisiting Nick and I had a a pretty big online weightlifting business. And, you know, I used to write articles about coaching and I read some of them now and I'm like, that, that was smart. I wrote that. <laughs> that was a great article. And so he and I have talked a little bit about getting back to just doing some coaching videos and blog posts and articles about weightlifting again you know for me again it's not I don't want to do that as a business but um and I don't ever want to do remote coaching I I remote coached two people serious special strengths and for me it's that's not what I enjoy doing um I think most people can get by with a standard program that they find on the internet and get pretty far with that without needing to pay someone for a personalized program so that's not anything that I'm interested in doing but just sharing my experiences and sharing what my lifters happen to be doing at the time is something that I really enjoy
0: yeah sounds like good fun on a Wednesday night now what music's going down on a Wednesday night do you guys uh, have a choice or a preference of music
1: So we actually had completely eliminated music from astral strength at one point. And so generally on Wednesday nights, we don't have music. If we do, it's kind of like a random, I did make everyone listen to this terrible rap song last night that my children have been playing incessantly. And we've had a couple of instances of of country music because Nick's gotten back into listening to country, but we're generally talking. And, you know, I think in terms of running a gym and coaching, if I were going to ever do that again, I would go back to no music, just too hard for people to hear you coaching, and it sometimes makes things unsafe, but I also don't want people falling into the trap of needing to feel pumped up by the music, so you know, you should be able to hit your list without needing that one special song. I, I was very guilty of that for a long time. I <laughs> I feel very sorry for my friend Miriam who lifted it. Actual Strength, she had to hear Tupac's Wonder Why They Call You Bitch about 5,000 times. I was trying to jerk over 90 kilos, and every time that I would jerk heavy, I would have that song on because it was like my pump-me-up song. <laughs> it's a ridiculous song. But um, I really relied heavily on having that song to to pump me up. So I think that people need to learn to live without that. When I'm at Gold's, I do listen to music. And I have just a crazy playlist between some, you know, older 90s rap and hip hop, some newer stuff. I have weird songs that are like favorite lifting songs, like some Miley Cyrus. It's (laughs) It's just my random collection of songs and then I'll throw in some country. And for me, that's more, they play music over the the speakers there. It's never good. So I don't want to hear their music. And it's not because I don't want men to talk to me. I mean, I know a lot of women are like, I wear headphones so no one will hit on me. I, I don't necessarily want people to hit on me either. But I actually don't enjoy talking to people during training because I'm not a fun person when I'm training (laughs) and also especially when I'm snatching I'm pretty strict about like the rest periods that I give myself I don't do well if I wait too long in between reps Um, with squats when I'm going heavy I tend to kind of time my rest periods also so having headphones reduces the number of times that people try to come over and talk to you and I kind of want people there to like me. And if they talk to me while I'm lifting, they're probably not going to like me (laughs) because I just really, I'll talk to you after I'm done lifting, but in the middle of it, I'm not, you know, the most social person. So I just, I, I import songs every couple of days so that I can mix up my playlist. And I listen to just, okay. I don't really listen to, I don't like listen to death metal I don't listen to, like, electronica and EDM and all of that stuff, but I'll listen to almost any pop music, no matter how crappy it is. I'll listen to most country, any rap and hip-hop from probably prior to 2010. The more recent stuff, I have my favorite songs, but I think that it's gone so far downhill that (laughs) Um, I'm not such a fan, but I do put some of my my kids' favorite songs on my playlist because they force me to listen to them over and over again. So while I'm at the gym, it makes me laugh. So.
0: (laughs) Now, you talk about different mindsets and things. So 2012, um, you mentioned to me you're a bit of a crazy lifter. Uh, What's changed 2012 to now in your mind space?
1: I became a grown-up. I was 18 terrible athlete and I don't know how any coach ever dealt with me I mean I even think back to high school like I was playing soccer I was in as a very hard-headed you know emotional player I don't really think I was terrible to my coach in soccer but I was terrible to some of my weightlifting coaches just I threw tantrums I cried um and so That all really changed Um, when Nick moved here and we started working together. He said, if you were my lifter, I would have kicked you out of the gym by now. And, you know, some of it was just, it wasn't because of lifting. It was just, I didn't have a good grip on life. (laughs) Um, I was very anxious about things. And if things didn't go my way, it was like the end of the world. And so that was really the the main thing that I worked on changing in a couple of years after the American open was one, just finding a way to enjoy my workouts, even if they didn't go well, you know, it's, it was like, I had to believe there's no bad training day, a training day, is just training day. And if you do work, you do work. And there's not a bad or a good training day. It's, you know, you, you have to get the work done. You can't expect every, every time to be perfect. Um, and then really it's it was just i I can't blame the life stuff that was going on, but you know, getting divorced did not help with that. um so it took me a number of years to feel like, okay, I can go to the gym and lift, and it doesn't really matter if it's a super light day because things aren't going well, or, if I miss lifts, like I'm glad that I'm there, and i'm glad I'm glad that I got the work done so from then till now. I'm- really seems like I'm a, I'm a completely different lifter. Um, I Nick works a lot with people on meditation and just thinking through lifts, visualization, that kind of stuff, that really helped me a lot. And so I just, I don't get upset about missing lifts or not having the best training day at all. And so I'm hoping that that spills over. With, with meats, I never really have a problem with meets. Um I am a competitor (laughs) and so on meet day it is go time and you know it it, I just switch over automatically into the zone and in fact all of my clean and jerk PRs probably ever have been set at meets when I qualified for the American Open I had to I opened with PR on my clean and jerk um the adrenaline gets going and I'm in the zone but I think it's just I've matured as a human being thankfully um and I do feel bad for the people that trained with me at Astral Strength in the first couple of years, because I was just not a great person to be around when I was lifting. I mean, I I broke things sometimes. So I think people that see me lift now would be surprised to know that from the past. But I definitely think it's a different world and I'm able to handle, you know, I just, it's weightlifting, you know, I, <laughs> I tell my lifters, it's like they get stressed out. And I'm like, it's it's just weightlifting. It, it doesn't matter if you actually win this meet or if you bomb. No, Nobody's going to remember that. Five years from now, no one on earth is going to remember that you won this meet or that you bombed. And I'll say, you know, it's just a weightlifting meet. You're not getting beheaded by ISIS. And I mean that seriously. Yeah. Like you could be having a much, much worse day and I think for me, that's also the biggest change in how I've approached things in the last year. One of the reasons that I took a big chunk of time off from lifting in the last couple of years was because my younger sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. And when her breast cancer metastasized um, last summer, I just it was, it was going to be it. We knew, you know, this, this is it. She was diagnosed at 40 and actually two days from now that December 7th, it'll be a year since she passed away. And so I spent about seven months going back and forth between North Carolina and Maryland to be able to spend time with her. You know, at the time she had an eight year old and, and her, her husband. And so I just decided that weightlifting was not a priority for those, you know, seven months or so, and when I came back to lifting, um, it's, it's it hasn't even been a year of being back to lifting. It was you know not a couple of weeks after she passed away. I said, I need to get back to doing something, and that was in part because she was a yoga instructor and just amazing at yoga, doing things with her body that it was like when we were kids. If someone had said your sister is going to be able to do this, I you know never would have thought. Wow, that's my sister and when her breast cancer metastasized it metastasized to her brain and spine and she was paralyzed in a matter of of days and so for her it was wow the one thing that i can do and do beautifully and so well move my body and do all of these things she never walked again you know she was paralyzed from last june until she passed away in december and so seeing that and knowing that she was still struggling so much to be strong in the ways that she could and do the physical therapy and all of that. Um, And that, that was such a big part of her existence when I, you know, last December when I first said I need to start training again, I didn't even think lifting. I went and did some flexibility classes and then aerial arts and then Tried some yoga, <laughs> and, and I don't think yoga is my thing. It's probably good for me to do more stretching. Um, I went to hot yoga a bunch because she had done hot yoga for a while, um, but it was really like my way of like getting back to moving my body, and it didn't matter that it was lifting. And so it's only been really recently where I said, okay, now I'm gonna be serious about lifting again. This whole year has been a process of getting back to understanding that I'm an athletic person and a competitive person, you know, it was like, should I do a competition in aerial or, you know, and I started doing some uh, pole classes. Should I do a pole competition? And kind of working through that process made me realize, well, I do enjoy that. I enjoy suffering through a hot yoga class to know that I've survived. I enjoy the tricks and pole and aerial, but my heart is really a weightlifting. And so if I'm going to do this and go all out and compete, then that's the one area that I, w- I really want to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Did uh, the, the yoga help with any injuries or have you got any niggles or soreness at the moment?
1: So I probably didn't get into yoga enough to help with anything. I think that it would definitely... Um, you, it definitely helped with my ankle flexibility. I had terrible ankle flexibility, especially from being a soccer player and having multiple ankle injuries. So the last year is the first time that I've ever been able to like sit on my ankles in that like feet under your butt pose. Um, so that's, I'm sure, helped with my bottom position and my snatch and my squat and everything. Um, then I I've kind of... I have rotating injuries. Um, I've never had surgery. I've never had the worst injury I had was when I had that injury to my wrist, which was in, uh, 2011 and, um, tore my, uh, my radial collateral, collateral ligament. Um, but both shoulders, I've kind of had various rotator cuff issues. Um, the left one is, super weak right now compared to the right one. I mean, it's funny. I've had a couple of orthopedic surgeons and I've had like three or four pretty awesome physical therapists. And at one point an orthopedic surgeon said to me about my shoulder, well, if you were a normal person, you wouldn't even notice that there was anything wrong with your shoulder. It's because you're asking your shoulder to like put giant weeds above your head that You'll, you notice that there's a problem. And I think that's probably where I am right now with my left shoulder. If I was just a normal person doing normal person things, I probably would never notice it. But at this point, there's enough of a strength discrepancy between my left and right rotator cuff that I can definitely tell. And there's certain things that are not normal people things that I do that tend to piss it off. So I'm still working on that, but it's, drastically better than it was um and then it kind of just depends you know in the last 10 years of lifting one or both knees has hurt at some point and one or both ankles and so I expect that there's periods of time where like something's bothering me but I've gotten pretty good at being able to work around whatever that thing is and also to understand that it's likely not the end of the world. I am probably not going to need surgery on it <laughs> and that it's going to be okay. And that that's like a, the biggest thing, I think. And at the moment, I have um, a pretty awesome physical therapist who I haven't had to see in a while, but he also lifts. And so I think having a physical therapist who's familiar with weightlifting is super important because I don't need someone to tell me, well, you're 44, you don't need to go that hard, you know, or you don't need to lift right now. I need someone whose goal is to get me back under the bar as quickly as possible. And so I think having that, it makes me a little more confident in knowing I'm not making a stupid choice that is going to hurt me down the road because my physical therapist would tell me, no, you should not be doing that right now. (laughs) And I would listen.
0: Well, that's good that you listen. Many people don't listen when they get their goals in mind, but, um, I think 2012 tomorrow would be different to, 2019 tomorrow with their injuries that's for sure oh yeah all right so you've lifted in different weight classes uh gone full paleo and and crossfit where's your body's happy point
1: i honestly can't answer that it's not at the weight i'm at right now (laughs) i should not be an 87 um i i I could be and and i'm I'm not exceptionally over fat at the moment, but I could be leaner if I was going to be an 87. I'm five foot eight. So I could definitely lift as, as an 87. Um, I have gotten up to 209 was the most, I decided to bulk up to be a super heavy back when super heavy was 75 plus and got up to 209 and I still had strict, you know, pull-ups. So I think as long as I could still move my body well, then it's okay. But I, I think probably I listed as a 75 and that's where I went with the American open. I am fairly confident that I can squat 150 as a 76 now in the new weight class. Um, and that I could snatch, you know, my best numbers at 76 81 is a possibility because that wasn't a possibility when I was lifting before. And so now that they've messed with the numbers twice since 2012, um, i think at my height 81 could be a possibility i definitely can't i don't know what it is now below 75 or 76 it used to be 69 my first meet was at 69 i can't carry enough muscle mass at 69 i when i was doing crossfit i got down to 60 kilos and i mean i was like just all abs and crazy lean um, I could not be strong enough at that weight, um, at my height right now. I don't have a problem putting on muscle. I laugh when you know people say lifting doesn't make you bulky. Yes, it does. <laughs> it depends on how you define bulky. You know, a lot of women define bulky as just any visible muscle mass. You know, and sure, I'm bigger now because I'm not super lean. Um, but you can tell that I lift, and you can tell that I have muscle. And even when I was at 60 kilos at a CrossFit as a CrossFitter. I had friends tell me, well, don't, don't get any more muscular, you know? Um, so their definition of bulky was just, well, you can see my biceps and you can see ab lines." So I think my goal is to lean back down to 76 and then, you know, see if for some reason I'm like, eh, I can't really get my squat there at that body weight, or it might be a little bit easier if I went up to 81, then I don't have a problem with that. Um, but for this month, I think where I am body weight wise, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm heavier at the moment because I eat too many snacks, not because <laughs> um, I've put on, I do have a good amount of muscle, but the extra, the extra fat I'm curing is definitely from snacks.
0: Well, you don't want to be going, cutting weight classes at this time of the year. I mean, with all the Christmas parties and things that go on. I know. So <laughs>
1: Well, in fact, I am, my meet is the 14th and next Friday, December 13th, I work at a college and our division is having a Christmas party. And I did email um, our administrative person yesterday to say, by the way, I will be at the holiday party, but I'm not going to be eating. So don't order food for me for the caterer because I'm not going to eat a bunch of Christmas food and pie and things like that the day before the meet because I need to make sure that I make weight. So <laughs> she was like, oh, "Okay, you know," which is fine. We'll have a we'll have a, another Christmas party for the whole college the following week, so I'll eat that day.
0: That's right. All right, mate. Thanks very much for catching up. uh We wish you all the best uh for those couple of competitions and qualifying for twenty twenty American Open finals. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for for having a chat.
1: Thanks for having me
0: no worries we'll talk to you soon
1: all right thanks bye